0: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, everyone. Happy Monday night, January 29th, here on the Wolverine.com podcast, the Wolverine YouTube channel. If you're watching us live, uh, we are live every Monday night at 6 p.m. Anthony Broom here with Clayton Safey, two-man booth tonight. And Clayton, before we get started, I just want to remind people, three weeks ago tonight, Michigan football won a national championship. It seems like it was a lifetime ago, but a lot has happened since then. But I do feel like we
1: should lead off by reminding people that, right? I've been basking in the glory. Feels like uh it's been great, other than obviously the devastating blow of losing Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, has people bummed out, but you're still national champs, people. You are. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about the end of the Jim Harbaugh
0: era, the start of the Sharon Moore era, which Again, it's uh, I can't say there's been downs yet. It's just there, it's a coaching tra- transition, and then there's a lot of moves to be made, a lot of decisions being made. We will discuss Jesse Minner, Ben Herbert, what's going on with the rest of the staff. We will also chat. Uh, I lost my outline here. Uh, a lot of a lot of ground to cover. We'll do what we do every Monday night, a couple topics to get to. Um, and then as we do every week when we're here live, we will take your questions. At the end of the show, but before we get started, I want to remind everyone to head on over to the TheWolverineOnDemand.com. Uh, we have started production, not only started production, we are smack dab in the middle of production over with our uh, our commemorative. We're doing an extra magazine this year. It's not just a magazine. It's 148 glossy full-color pages commemorating Michigan's national championship win. 15-0 season, another win over Penn State, Ohio State, Big Ten champions, the Rose Bowl win over Alabama, the national title win over Washington—it's all going to be covered in here. We've got features on Jim Harbaugh, Blake Corum, JJ McCarthy, Mike still and more. Game by game coverage, columns, stat breakdowns—it's all going to be in there. And I know a lot of other outlets, and I'm not disparaging anyone. Got the, you know, there are some people that have got theirs out quickly, but this is going to be the the most all-encompassing one that you get from this national title run. And uh, of course it also five percent of our commemorative issue sales are also going to go to the champion circle. NIL fund, as we know NIL is very important at the University of Michigan right now as they transition into this new era. So head on over to the Wolverine on uh, it looks like, you know, if our production schedule is where it needs to be, it looks like these will probably be probably be out sometime mid February in your mailboxes, certainly before the end of the month. So uh, head on over to thewolverineondemand.com. All that info is in the description below, whether you're watching us here uh, on the video platform or listening in your audio feed. So be sure to check that out. All right, Clayton, um, you can kind of spin the roulette wheel or throw it at the dartboard where we start tonight. I guess we start with Ben Herbert, which is sort of the news of the day. You know, We started the day with uh, the team having a, I believe it was a 6 a.m. lift, Uh, at Schimbeckler Hall, where Ben Herbert, 48 hours after all wins were pointing to him staying with the Michigan football program, he will join Jim Harbaugh in L.A. with the Chargers. Uh, He will move on to the NFL. Um, Not exactly sure what what he was asking for, not exactly sure what L.A. offered him, but Jim Harbaugh came a-calling, and he was listening. And uh, just before we got on the air here, uh, Justin Tress, who has been his right-hand man in the strength and conditioning program promoted to um, the big job. And they'll also be retaining Abigail O'Connor, who, you know, for as much love as Ben Herbert has got her contributions in the nutrition department have been every bit as critical to player development. So that is a, you know, as we enter a stage where things are a little turbulent, I say, I won't say good or bad, but they are turbulent when you have a coaching change, um, Again, it, the head coaching job goes to one of Jim Harbaugh's most loyal deputies. The new strength and conditioning job goes to Ben Herbert's most loyal deputy. And Abigail O'Connor sticks around. So your thoughts on those moves so far? And uh, again, it's just going to look different. That's just where we're at right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, You want to keep things as intact as possible. And that's why I think the Ben Herbert loss stings so much. Is because, you know, as one parent today described to me, the players, when they're with the program, spend about eighty percent of their time with Herbert and his staff. Now that you know also includes Justin Tress, who was an associate director of strength and conditioning this past year, had been at Michigan for several seasons before that, and known these players. You know, gotten to work with them, and obviously he's done enough uh, to earn this. You know, promotion after Ben Herbert moves on to Los Angeles, but yeah, it, it, this one does sting losing Ben Herbert because you know i don't think strength coaches have quite the impact in the nfl as they do in college i mean everyone has their own trainer and and you know staff and whatever that they work with in the nfl they're not around as much in the off season the players go out and and train wherever you know including at their home bases and things like that so you know from that respect it's disappointing now when you look at it too though Okay, you know Michigan was, you know Ben Herbert made one point two million dollars last year. He was the highest paid strength coach in the country. Uh, Rob Glass from Oklahoma State was the only other strength coach in the nation that made over a million dollars last season. So, and, and his contract goes through uh, two thousand twenty eight. Well, you know that's that's a lot of money Michigan was paying him, almost unprecedented type of money. I'm not saying that you know I wish we had. The details on what those conversations were like. But I'm not saying there's nothing maybe they could have done to keep him. But at a certain point, Michigan was giving him quite a lot for a strength coach. And I know he's a valuable guy. Uh, but you know, potentially he just wanted to to follow Jim Harbaugh, who brought him to Michigan, who made him the associate head coach as well as the director of strength and conditioning, who they have they have a really tight relationship. And uh, you know, like you said, Jim Harbaugh came calling and Look, I mean, people can fault whoever they want here, whether it's Jim Harbaugh for quote-unquote rating the staff, but these are all guys that he brought into Michigan. And usually when a coach leaves, some guys come with him. That's just how it works. So I think just because Michigan promoted Sharon Moore, uh, a guy who was already on staff, some people are losing sight of the fact that this is a coaching change. There are going to be changes that go with the coaching change, and Ben Herbert leaving is one of those.
0: Yeah. And I think you have to understand the gravitational pull of Jim Harbaugh too. I mean, guys, and I I gotta be careful, not be careful how I phrase it, but people need, there needs to be an understanding that Jim Harbaugh staff came to Michigan to work for Jim Harbaugh. They didn't come to Michigan to work for the block M or, you know, some people, you know, it's not, it's not anything more than that. And it is, some you know, did. Some but. did, and some will stick around. But you know, you have to understand that like I, I see people on social media getting mad at Jim. How could he do this to us? How could he leave the cupboard so bare? Where well he isn't. Uh he's making offers to people he wants to bring along. The Los Angeles Chargers have made offers to people he wants to bring along. And they're adults well within their you know, Ben Herbert's not getting, you know, dragged by his ear to LA by Jim Harbaugh or anyone, like he's a grown man that wants to do his thing in the NFL. And if anyone's a grown man, it's, it's Ben Herbert. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that I'm going to miss seeing the guy around the, the crazy look in his eye. Um, well, this is what I'm thinking too. Is like, I think it goes beyond, Oh, he's the strength and conditioning. And like he, who he could be Jim Harbaugh's ministry of culture or director of security on the sidelines, like that dude from the Eagles or whatever. Um you know, again, when you build you know, so much, and we've talked about this too, Clay, so much of Jim Harbaugh's turnaround at Michigan these last few years is due in large part to who he surrounded himself with. And when you go back to the NFL citing you know, unfinished business and wanting to win that Super Bowl and, and make that push for a Super Bowl, which is incredibly hard to do, you want to do it with the folks that you've had success with elsewhere. He did it when he went from Stanford to the 49ers. Uh, there were guys... There were staffers from the 49ers that he brought with him to Michigan. Uh, he pulled Jay Harbaugh away from the Baltimore Ravens and enjoyed him at Michigan. So, you know, you want to tough surround to yourself. Get.
1: That was a that was a tough hire.
0: Well, you know, again, I'm just making the point that uh, you're going to surround yourself with the people you're comfortable with and you've had success with,
1: and you know that you can trust. because. And they you know get to choose where they go. They yeah. get to choose. And Michigan can feel free to offer more or, you know, all of that. I mean, Michigan can certainly counter or whatever you want to call it. And those people get to choose where they go. And that's how Michigan hired these guys. Like you said, they they were hired away from other staffs. In most cases, you know, sometimes a, a staff gets fired or whatever and they get to move on, but they were hired away from others. They're gonna be hired away from Jim Harbaugh at some point or go somewhere else. That's just the nature of this business.
0: Yeah, and I think you need to there needs to be an understanding to uh it's the NFL. I mean, there are only 32 of those organizations. I mean, it is the, pin. you know, I know, again, when you're so deep in the trenches with Michigan, like Michigan, yes, for a lot of people, that's a destination. That's the spot to be. But the NFL is just, it's a different beast. And it's a different challenge. And, um, hey, it is what it is. Um, you know, you, this is why you, you know, in, in the case of a Jim Harbaugh leaving or a Ben Herbert leaving, this is why you have these guys that you sort of mold to be maybe not your predecessor, but uh, you prepare them to step up into bigger roles. And Sharon Moore is going to, Sharon Moore obviously has been given op- the opportunity to do that. Justin Tress now uh, has been given the opportunity to do that. I got to be honest with you, too. Um, and this isn't taking anything away from Ben Herbert or Michigan fans, but. I feel like most college football fans, or at least the layperson, doesn't even know the name of their strength coach. Um, just a kind of a unique situation here, where Ben Herbert was um, uh, just one of those key figures, and he is he was that know, good. Yeah, he was that good, and it's going to look different, but that was always going to be the case. Um, and, and I understand there's like some whiplash now because three weeks ago tonight, like we said, this team won a national championship, and now. Again, you're not completely starting over, but it is a new staff and it is a new era and you have you know, the arguably if you were to power rank the three most prominent coaches or support staff people from last year, all three of them are gone. So it's that doesn't mean they're going back to the rich rod years or anything like that. It just means that there are some incredibly huge gaps to fill here now and all you can really do is is elevate people or hire people and then put them in
1: positions to succeed. I would argue Sharon's up there right in that top three. Obviously he's now in yeah, a new absolutely. Role. Um, so, but, but no, absolutely point taken. And I agree with you. Should we talk about, you know, maybe just kind of what the impact of this has specific to, to Ben Herbert and, and, and to Jesse Minter likely to go nothing official yet at this point, uh, as we know, but You know when you think about it here obviously our Chris Ballas reported this morning that some players were were frustrated coming out of that morning lift and then announcement one you got to get up at what five in the morning for a 6 a.m lift and then you're told that your beloved strength coach is no longer to be going to be with the program Uh, but you also are likely to lose Jesse Minter you're also likely to lose you know at least a couple other staff members on the on-field coaching staff and that stings and I understand why these players would be frustrated. And I don't know who they're trying to blame or who, you know, if there is anybody that they want to blame, but I understand, you know, feeling a little bit hurt by this, you know, um, what was it? Nathan afobi had the, uh, the, the, tweet players versus everybody, you know, basically kind of feeling like they're, they're getting a little bit left out here. Um, you know, and, and kind of hung out to dry. I think that's natural. Um, you know, you're going through this big transition and a lot of changes are being made. So, What Sharon Moore has to do, and he's a great, great recruiter, he's an elite recruiter, he has to continue to recruit the players on his roster. And this is really interesting timing because you know, some of these guys, they could absolutely enter the portal. They have the 30-day window here. Um, It is interesting timing with the drop-add dates at a lot of different schools. So would they be able to leave immediately and enroll somewhere else? I think the answer to that is no, unless they did it maybe within the next day or so. I think drop-add dates are usually around the third or fourth week of classes, depending on the school. So that's something uh, they'd have to be able to get in. Secondly, that may benefit Sharon more because the transfer portal window is going to open up again in the spring. That gives him a few months here to get his staff right, go through spring spring ball, continue to sell his vision. You know, I mean, you're, you're coaching the team, but you're also kind of These days in college football, especially when you're a first year head coach, you know, you're trying to sell your vision at the same time. Um, So I think these players in a few months will have a better understanding of what this program is going to look like with Sharon Moore. And it's up to him to make sure that that outlook is a positive one. You would hope if you're a Michigan fan, I think that's what people are very nervous about, that guys don't make rash decisions right now. And jump in the transfer portal. I think that's why it was important to make this quick uh, announcement with Justin Tress as your strength coach, who we can talk about as well. Abigail O'Connor staying. You know, uh, we know Sharon Moore is working on some of the other guys. Grant Newsom uh, is going to be promoted to offensive line coach, so he's trying to solidify that and have some answers for these guys. Because I mean, God knows they're they're asking a lot of questions, and you know they deserve to know you know pretty quickly what the staff's going to look like and what this program's going to look like.
0: Yeah, and a lot of those, again, we know of at least one prominent assistant coach that Sharon Moore is meeting with tonight. Uh, those guys are all have decisions to make, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast. But, uh, you know, it is – I think a lot of what we're seeing right now is just – like a week ago, five days ago, Jim Harbaugh was still Michigan's head coach. And where, we're, where we sit today, uh, there has been so much change. He's obviously gone. Minter's gone. Herbert's going to be gone. Um yeah, I, I get why players might kind of feel like, um, you know, it's like the old video, the old clip from Fresh Prince where it's like, why don't he want me, man? Why are we Why are we left out here to dry and and you know to And I feel extent, bad, yeah. I do, because um, these most of the guys that are coming back are national champions. I mean, you should be gearing up. Any other and again, I'm not. This isn't a me criticizing Michigan thing. It's just the circumstance. But if the, at any other program. You're building off of this. You're you're adding, not subtracting, uh, so to speak, in a lot of different areas. So I, I get why there is again just that emotional whiplash. Just when two days ago, when we were at the Sharon Moore press conference, it seemed like Ben Herbert was coming back, and um, you know to to show up in the weight room on early Monday morning. Again, a, a lot of you know, there's just a lot going on and a lot to process right now for a lot of these guys, and I think everyone will and can make the decision that's best for them. Uh, But I think the fact that there is, um, you know, the, the enrollment window and the ad drop dates and all the fact that it seems like we've kind of passed. I think that will allow guys to just kind of keep their head down, get to work, evaluate everything. And then when spring comes, you know, make your decision on what's next. So again, I mean, that's thrown Moore is not unqualified to run this program. I'd argue he's the most qualified person, but, you know, with, um, you know, with change comes a lot of turbulence. And that's just the, the mode we find ourselves in right now. So, again, probably going to have to replace both coordinators here. Obviously, uh, Grant's going to shift over to the offensive line. You're going to have to hire a tight ends coach. You might have to make a couple of hires on the defensive side of the ball. So we don't, I think a lot of that is going to come into focus here by, by the end of this week. Uh, so it's just kind of one of those things where, you strap in, you, you just go on the ride and see where it takes you. And then on the other side of this, that's where I think you start to plan for what spring ball looks like and who, who wants to stick around and what do they need to to go after in the transfer portal? Um, and Ward manuals taking a lot of those shots right now because these guys haven't been retained and some of it's prob- some of it's fair and some of it's maybe not so fair. Um, It just seems like everyone needs to take a deep breath and let this settle down for a bit before we start talking about, oh, well, so-and-so is going to get a bag from this school. And, um, you know, this coach is a little upset. Maybe he winds up here. It's just, I really do think the whiplash of the last month or so, it's not coming to an end anytime soon because there are so many consequential uh, decisions to make. But, you
1: know, just got to take it one day at a time. Um, There's a lot to sort out here still. Will the dozens of Chargers fans be mad if, if Michigan takes Kevin Coger as tight ends coach? I don't even think that Chargers They'd be fans rating his years, staff, honestly.
0: So, They'd be rating yeah, Harbaugh's staff. Yeah, rating Harbaugh's staff. That's
1: not fair. How could they do that? How could the Spanos family let this happen? And by the way, I get the, like, I'm, you know, it's a tongue in cheek comment, but I, I understand the frustration from Michigan fans who are saying, we have all these elite coaches. We're an elite institution with supposedly an elite athletic department. We just won the national championship in football. And, and guys are, you know, John Beeline's been, you know, gone. And Eric Backage is gone. And Jim Harbaugh has gone. And I think the tennis coach uh, is gone that, that was really good. And they've taken a step back. Um, you know, I can't remember if it was men's or women's, uh, which is shame on me for that. But I understand the frustration with all that, um, you know, and I wish we knew exactly what the terms were, what the conversations were like with Ben Herbert to know if there was a possibility that, that he was able to stay or not.
0: Yeah. It's, and people are asking about Mike Hart, the comments, we don't know. I don't know that anyone knows where Mike Hart is right now. So it's impossible to, um, to state what, what his status might be. Um, and listen, I know I invoked Ward Manuel's name, Um you know, fair or not, and we may have talked about this recently or it may have been a discussion on the board, um, you know, his legacy is largely going to be tied to the fact that all of these coaches left on his watch. And you can say, oh, well, John Beeline was leaving regardless. That might be true. You can say that Eric Bakich was was leaving regardless. That's probably true. In fact, that is that is true. Like, he was going to go. They weren't going to pay a million dollars for a baseball coach. They just weren't going to do that. Um Oh, Harbaugh gone. You know some of the other coaches we've discussed. You know a lot of these Olympic programs have fallen off. That's fair. Not he kind of has to wear that. And the conversation is, you know, why? I think if you are the board of regents, if you're Ward Manual, if you're anyone in a position of power, I really do think you need to sit down and, and look yourself in the mirror and ask, you know, ask why are we? Why are we the stepping stone? why are we not the destination anymore? And everyone's circumstance is going to be different. Some sports have more resources than others, you know, referencing like what baseball has in the big 10 compared, excuse me, compared to the ACC. Um, But you really do, you know, I I don't think you can sit here and just say, you know, this is a great institution and and those who stay and leaders and best. And, you know, they like to throw out the key phrases and, and the slogans, but, I think you do need to sit back and ask yourself, like, why Why isn't Michigan the destination? Why isn't the final, uh, quote-unquote, resting place for a lot of coaches to ride out their careers? And, um, you know, I'm hoping that's the case for for Sharon Moore. Hoping that's the case for, for all these coaches in the department. But, you know, fair or not, that's kind of what the narrative is right now.
1: Yeah, and it's just facts, too, whether or not it's fair or, you know. I mean, I think it's fair to point out facts that, you know, that that has happened. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Jay, uh, uh, Jay Tress, they call him, but but Justin Truss. Um, the know, players love him, by the way. They do like him a lot. He's 28 years old. He's hungry. He's been with Ben Herbert for the last seven years, followed him from Arkansas, played uh, safety at Kent State. Um, so, you know, it's it's his time now. You know, just like it's Sharon's time with the entire program, it's his time in the, in the strength department. So we'll see what he has. Um, and yeah, I mean, there are a lot of good questions about the rest of the staff as well out there in the chat that I'm sure we'll get to.
0: Yeah. And I guess my final thought on that, and then we'll get talk about uh, our buddies over at Lewis Jewelers. Um, and I think one of the best things that Jim Harbaugh did in these last few years, um, which I guess we can now call his twilight years at Michigan was he did kind of create and cultivate a path forward for. You know, for, you could be an, a grad, a GA that went to, you know, like a Grant Newsom. You could be a GA. Now he's going to be the team's offensive line coach. You know, you could be an assistant strength coach and in a couple years, you have the big job. You know, you could be come in as a tight ends coach, uh, you know, from a Mac school and six years later, be the head coach of the program. Uh, I think they've done a really good job of setting up, you know, an infrastructure where you they don't need to go outside the family. You just backfill. And I think that there's a few roles that they'll have to go outside the family for, but um, all in all, you know, despite how, again, turbulence is the word for me today, despite how crazy a few days it's been or a few weeks it's been, this is still a program that's left in much better shape than it was found by Jim Harbaugh. I I, I still 100% believe that. Now that could change. Depending but it was on found by Jim
1: Harbaugh. That's yeah you know yeah that's part of it too yeah exactly so um yeah any other thoughts on where we're
0: at with the staff and he i know uh, i saw Clint Hurt got a got a job with the Eagles so he's probably off, he's off the board as a defensive coordinator candidate i think um, the fan base would have
1: rioted if he uh it did. i don't think people wanted him but no no i i saw he did a work lot with of- Sharon at Louisville you know he's a guy we talked about i think Uh, Was that Saturday? Yeah, after the the press conference. But yeah, he's off the board.
0: Okay, well, uh, let's talk about our buddies over at Lewis Jewelers. You've heard us talk about them. uh, Geez, as long as I've been around here, Uh, Lewis Jewelers has been a great partner of the Wolverine, uh, obviously Michigan Athletics as well. Uh, They are a proud partner to both those entities, and they've been serving the Ann Arbor and Detroit region since 1921. Lewis Jewelers reputation and continued success stems from the belief that a successful jewelry store is built on integrity, quality customer service and quality products. Uh, there's no pressure, no commissions. Uh, their non-commission trusted advisor team is always ready to provide their professional experience and expertise to you. Uh, they are located in the bustling city limits of Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they proudly serve Ann Arbor and surrounding areas. By providing an exquisite selection of fine jewelry, as well as excellent customer service to its residents and visitors. So visit them over at their location on 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor or online over at lewisjewelers.com. Well, all right, Clayton. Um, I don't know what direction to go here next. Uh, let's. Is it too early to move to questions? Sorry, we're doing this live and I didn't. We got a lot of them. We have a lot of them, so maybe we just go questions early tonight, uh, a little earlier than usual. Uh, James Monroe wants to know, what is his budget, his being Sharon Moore's for coaches? That is huge. Uh, We don't know what the budget is. We know that Sharon Moore will make, what, about $5.5 million this season, could make as many as $9 million if Michigan was to get all the way through to another national championship. Um, you You would think if you just do the simple math that, He's coming, you know, he's making, what, $6 million less than Jim Harbaugh would have made, um, you know, a couple, if they're, you know, with a couple other staffers out the door, that's money that you would think would go back into the slush fund, uh, so to speak. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what the budget is. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, the slush fund know. just cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. but uh, No, I I agree. I mean, that's part of the math with with not having Jim Harbaugh is you'll probably, in, in one way or the other, not make as much. But, I mean, I think you have a pretty damn good home schedule next year. Uh, I saw the raising prices on not only the personal seat donations, but the uh, season tickets, which can happen after you win a national championship. And the fact that there's inflation out there, don't want to get political. Uh, but, you know, so those things are just kind of natural as time goes on. But, um, yeah, I mean, you have money. To spend there, I think the point with a Sharon Moore hire, right, was continuity, you know. So that's why I think the Ben Herbert, you know, defection, if you will, stings. But I also think that's why it's so important to keep some of these uh, these other guys like Mike Elston and, and others. Um, and you know, then the other thing is, well, yeah, we can pay him five and a half million, and we can use the rest of the money to surround him with fantastic staff members across the board because. That's what a first-time head coach deserves, you know, if you're gonna put him in that spot and not not that he's you know some martyr being the head coach of the University of Michigan, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's his first time being a head coach. You gotta make sure he has resources around him, whether that's with the assistant coaching salary pool or with you know time and effort being put into NIL and the recruiting department being, uh, you know, to his specifications, all that needs to happen for Sharon Moore to succeed. And that's what he deserves. So I think, yeah, we don't know the exact number at this point. We'll obviously continue to dig on that and report on it when we have it. But that is huge. Completely agree with James there. It's going to be pivotal for Sharon Moore in early on in his tenure. Yeah, this
0: is not the time to think, like, ooh,
1: well, you know,
0: we could throw this into, you know, a new you know, painting, painting something at the big house or doing a new pr- – no, this needs to go back into the football program. Uh, and this goes to a question from Liam Scott, who says, "How is Shura Moore supposed to recruit when our Nil game is trash?" Uh, well, you know, anyone who thought that the transactional, not transfer or the transformational, not transactional uh, approach was going to change uh, at the University of Michigan and um, talking to Ward Manuel over the weekend. And now again, he's not he's never gonna come out and say, you know, yeah, we need to get this right so we can offer a million bucks to, you know, this this running back uh, in the 2026. And he party. can't say that. Right? He can't. He's not allowed to. Um, you know, Champion Circle still has that Those Who Stay campaign uh, focusing on the guys on the current roster. Um, I just want to read this quote from Ward Manuel from over the weekend. He says, I've talked to our donors and I've talked to our collectives. I'm fully supportive of them, supporting our student athletes the right way. We don't own any players, we don't buy them, but we do provide resources for our student athletes. They have my full support and I love NIL and what it does for our student athletes, but I don't want us talking about what we have to buy student athletes or induce for student athletes. We need to talk about what we can provide short and long-term for the rest of their lives. For me, NIL is about teaching kids how to use who they are for the rest of their lives. For me, it's not a transactional thing. It's a life commitment between Michigan and our student athletes, and the short term is that they get some resources provided to them. The long term is that they can make money over their lifetime because of Michigan and what we teach and experience with being a student athlete. So as a front-facing administrator, I think you know on the surface, I really do think that you can get on board with a lot of that. I mean, so much of what Michigan has built over these last few years was you know, the certain, uh, uh, the right type of guy, the certain type of guy, you know, you start, you know, you look at what's happened at at Miami and Texas A&M and, you know, people would say, oh, well, their NIL is, is the best in the nation right now. Well, they don't have anything to show for it. Um, Because when you have a roster full of guys chasing a bag, you're not competing for national titles, but I think you can strike that balance. And, um, you know, I think as we move into, this new era of college football, I think your athletic director has to, you know, be proactive, has to be a unifier, has to be, you know, a driving force in, in connecting donors with the collectives. And I don't know that that's going on right now, Clayton. Uh, it's not where it needs to be. Uh, and we know the collectives are working incredibly hard, but they need help. And, and I just don't, there's a lot of eggs in a lot of different baskets right now.
1: I was listening to the Andy Staples show a couple of weeks ago after a bunch of Alabama players entered the transfer portal, and one of the things that Andy pointed out is that their players, you know, whether or not you know, depending on what we think of Alabama, but their players are no longer willing to to take the "quote unquote" Alabama pay cut. Now, I think they were getting compensated pretty well at Alabama, right? But I think some others are throwing money out a little bit more and, and desperately, like Texas A&M and Miami and you know schools like that but they're no longer going to do that when Nick Saban's not there anymore. You saw Caleb Downs, I mean, go to Ohio state, their stud safety. I mean, how much money did he probably get from Ohio state to go there, right? To leave Alabama. So similarly, you know, Michigan doesn't have Jim Harbaugh anymore and it really doesn't have Ben Herbert anymore, who was key in recruiting and just the relationships that he had with the players. Uh, They don't have Jesse Minter, you know, kind of a whiz defensive coordinator now they're going to make a good hire there, I would assume, but you know, Right now, it's player retention. It's getting guys from the transfer portal. and It's getting guys from the high school ranks. And right now in college football, you need NIL to do that. You need high-level high NIL to do that, especially when you don't have a name like Jim Harbaugh and the staff that he just had at Michigan on, you know, on the, the, the nameplates there. So uh, you know it's going to be a real challenge. Michigan's got to improve there. They made a lot of uh, headway. During the college football playoff, you know, the national championship run there uh, and the guys at Champion Circle, the board there, uh, along with Jared Wangler and his crew, I mean, do an incredible job. I think they do need more support from the athletic department that has to come. And I think Sharon Moore will hopefully be able to get everybody in line there. But it was a challenge for Jim Harbaugh to do that with the Empower program and everything. So that's something that I think is going to be key as well. I mean, it's not just the assistant coaching salary pool, which we just talked about, but it's NIL. It's, you know, in, in uh, increasing resources for the recruiting department. It's all of that combined to make sure that this continues, that, that this, this run for Michigan can continue. Yeah, and, and Liam also said,
0: you know, Ohio State just killed it this offseason. We're sitting here there almost basically ready to throw in the towel for next year now that we have a natty. Well, no one's yeah, I mean, that. That. <laughs> no, no one's No one's throwing in a towel. No one, no one is giving up on the 2024 season, but – um, and no one wants to sit here and listen to us, you know, praise on Ohio State, but the one thing that I'll give them kudos for is that, you know, circumstance creates urgency, which creates action. And they're tired of getting beat up by Michigan. and they were you know, they're tired of not making the college football playoff or not making you know, a national title push uh, in earnest. So, they went out and they raised $13 million and they put together on paper, a team that will be one of likely one of the best, you know, four teams in college football next year. Now, again, have the 12 team college football playoff, but you know, urgency helps you mobilize and, and there's still, you know, um, there's just a lot of work that needs to be done at Michigan. And I don't, uh, I don't, uh, at Ohio state, you know, Ross Bjork is a guy that, um, controversy has kind of filed him wherever he's gone, but he's one of the best fundraisers in the country. And you put that guy up against, you know, what Michigan is throwing out there right now. And that's, that could be something that does not end very well uh, for folks north of the state line. So need to need to figure it out. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on that one? No, I mean, controversy file. sounds like a perfect fit. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is the perfect fit in so many ways. And don't get me wrong. Like what Ohio state did could very easily blow up in their face as well, because we know how much pressure is on them this year. Uh, They, they bet everything on last year and now seemingly doubling down for next season. So uh, this is from trail Kings. He says, is Jay Harbaugh, 100% gone. I mean, he never say hundred percent until a guy is signed, sealed and delivered. Um, We saw him Saturday at Sharon Moore's press conference. He was just kind of in the back. Um, I would assume he winds up with Jim in some capacity, but I'm not ready to say 100% yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, nothing I don't think is 100% until it's official, but Ian Rappaport reported over the weekend that that's going to happen, you know, along with likely uh, Jesse Minter. Now we know that Ben Herbert's going and potentially more staff members from Michigan. So it seems seems like a, a pretty strong likelihood there that Jay will go. And and that's a tough one too. I mean, what he did with Michigan special teams over the years, not only as the, uh, you know, special teams coordinator the last few years, but uh, assistant special teams coach, as well as, you know, the different positions that he coached and how versatile he was, you know, he was a big piece of this staff. So that's, that's another guy they're going to have to replace. Yeah. Uh,
0: Jay Harbaugh. I know a lot of people kind Oh, well, he's a Harbaugh. Of course he was going to be on the staff. Like, What he brought to this program, super underrated. I mean, just three guys off the top of my head. I mean, I think he was key in Ronnie Bell, obviously key in Hassan Haskins. Um, Colston Loveland was probably the latest guy and all these guys plucked out of those non-traditional recruiting areas and have been foundational pieces in different ways over the years. So, you know, when you look at where you need to improve on the margins or what, where Michigan was so successful under Jim Harbaugh, it's things like that too. Um, so let's go to uh, Limo Lemonade. That's weird. Almost said Limo node. Lemonade says promote Mike Hart to OC to keep him. Uh, I don't, I think OC the, to me, it's pretty clear. It's going to be Kirk Campbell. Uh, it was sort of hinted at insinuated over the weekend when Sharon said, he thinks he has a good idea of who will call plays at Michigan next year. Um, if it's not him, uh, I think that, to me, that's it's pretty clear that's where that's trending, and I don't know what that means for Mike Hart, but um, I think that is what will ultimately come to fruition.
1: Yeah, I mean it hasn't happened yet though, so I mean I think it's it's something you know worth looking at, uh, and you know Mike Hart's already run game coordinator along with his running backs coach title. Um, you know Mike Hart could be named co offensive coordinator, even if, you know if you do promote Kirk Campbell or bring somebody else in. I think that's something that might be worth looking into, and Mike Hart is an extremely valuable piece on this staff. I mean, the way he manages the running backs, the way he develops the running backs is top notch. Um, I know, you know, there have been some frustration about the recruiting over the last few years, but he's bringing in Jordan Marshall and Micah Kaapana to this next class. And I mean, look, I I wouldn't expect either, you know, and and I don't know either kid, but I wouldn't expect either to ask out of their letter of intent. They're both coming in in the summer, Um, but you never know. Uh, So that's, that's a factor too, but more importantly, long-term and Mike Hart has done great work at Michigan. So he'd be a great one to hold on to. But yeah, I mean, anytime something like this happens, Sharon Moore is now the head coach and they're going to be options for different guys who, again, came here to work for Jim Harbaugh. You know, they're, they're going to be wondering why aren't, you know, why aren't I the guy that's getting uh, promoted? And I think that's a fair question from those guys. So, Yeah, I mean, definitely hope that Mike Hart's able to stay on staff because he is a huge, huge piece and one of the best running backs coaches in the country and is going to be a head coach someday, you know, and probably a coordinator at some point in between that, potentially. So, you know, he's a guy that I think you definitely want if you're Sharon Moore. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball with Fresh Life TV, who
0: asks, "Uh, will Steve Klingscale be the DC and do either of you have any insight on the rest of the staff candidates? Again, uh, other than Steve Klinkscale currently having the defensive backs coach and co-defensive coordinator title on his name, uh, I don't personally know where he stands in the running for that. Uh, we know that they'll have to make at least one outside hire on def, or at least one hire on defense. You know, if Minter does leave, but uh, you know, Steve Klinkscale has been on the recruiting trail as late as last week. We saw Mike Elston over the weekend at Sharon Moore's presser. I don't know what his candidacy might look like for defensive coordinator. Um, You know, it's again, it's tough to say, because as we will continue to repeat, when you have a a change in a transition like this, other guys are going to have decisions to make and they're going to have maybe options. And um, again, just like people are going to try and pry your players away. If someone becomes available, maybe they try, you know, guys just have a lot to sort out. So um, I know there's some frustration there because, oh, well, what's the, you know, Sharon Moore was supposed to be the the continuity hire. Why is there so much uncertainty? Well, it was always going to be that way. So again, it's something they just have to write out. But on the defensive side of the ball, we don't have a whole lot of we don't have a whole lot of info on any of these guys right now, other than the obvious trio of of Jay Harbaugh, Jesse Minner, Ben Herbert.
1: Yeah, I think Steve Klinkskill and Mike Elson would be the two there that would get the look as as defensive coordinator. I mean, Steve Klingskill's been here a few years now. He knows the system that they're running. He's helped run it and been a big, big piece of that. And then the last two years, Mike Elston, the same thing. You know, I think he was kind of hoping to get the defensive coordinator job at Notre Dame. You know, Marcus Freeman goes in another direction. He said he was going to stay with Marcus Freeman. But then the job opened up after Sean Newell left to come to Michigan, back to his alma mater, and he joined Jim Harbaugh ahead of the 2022 season. But I think Mike Elston... Has defensive coordinator aspirations, and I think he's he's you know a talented enough coach to uh, to do that. So yeah, it's kind of the same story. It feels like with with Mike Hart, where it's like, man, you know, some of these guys are going to be looking at potentially. You know, why aren't I the guy that's that's getting the promotion? Um, and I think those two are, are going to be in the running for defensive coordinator. And I mean, yeah, you you it, when we start losing too many guys, you know, you you worry about losing players along with that, and we know how. How much talent right now is on that D line? It may be the strength of the team at this point. So, again, I mean, it sounds like a broken record, but you got to keep those guys. Uh, you got to keep Clink, and you got to keep, and really a lot of talent on the back end too. But uh, you got to cl- keep Clink. You got to keep Elston, and I think both yeah. either of them could be DC at some point. Yeah, and you need a you need a DC. You
0: already needed a linebackers coach. Um, you know, in, in a situation that goes sideways, I mean, the defensive staff could. Look, look very different, uh, but at the same time, you know, depending on the hire that you make, I think it's it's an appealing gig, as well, given all the talent that you know. It is a national championship caliber defense, as we've said before. So, um, we'll see. Again, not a whole lot to share right now. We know there are meetings taking place earlier early this week, and I, I think we'll get clarity on a lot of the guys soon enough to know how many hires Trum Moore does have to make. Um, let's go to. Jorg Hay says, seems like S- Sharon Moore's salary is kind of low. I know it's his first time as a head coach. Uh, Ward Manuel did talk about that over the weekend, and there was you know, the insinuation that he was underpaid. But um, Clayton, do you offhand know how much he was making last year? Was it like a million and a half bucks? I think it was somewhere close to that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's getting a $4 million raise you know, with incentives, and here those, those dastardly incentives are back again. Um, which are a good thing, by the way. You know, if they are able to to make the college football playoff, win the Big Ten, you know, he could earn an additional, I believe it is four and a half, five million dollars that would put him in that tier. And, and again, if, if Sharon hits the ground running at Michigan, they're going to go back to the negotiating. Well, I assume they would. You know, if you were a smart administrator, you would go back to the negotiating table and give a guy market value as soon as possible. But that, again, recent uh, precedent being what it is. Uh, anyway, what do you think about what he's being
1: paid? I thought it was, it was about right. Um, you know, I mean, one, he he's a guy that wanted the job, you know, is already here. Um, you know, he has not been a head coach before, so I don't think he was going to command. I mean, look, Jim Harbaugh, his salary was, I think 8 million last year. I mean, it's not that crazy far off from what Jim Harbaugh was making a year ago. It's a million and a half more than Jim Harbaugh made. In 2021, the year that he won the Big Ten Championship, Michigan's first Big Ten title since 2004. So I thought it was about right. It's going to go up $500,000 each and every year. And you're right. I mean, they're going to rip that contract up if he wins the Big Ten or a national championship or gets to the, you know, title game or Final Four or whatever it is, right? Has this certain level of success. They're going to rip that thing up and give him an extension. Uh, That happens in, in college football. And hopefully this one won't take, you know, years to negotiate. But, uh, you know, I think that's going to happen. So I I thought the salary was about what I expected. Yeah, Uh, not a whole lot to add to that. Uh, Jorge Hay also asks: is Grant
0: Newsom a lock to stay? Yeah, he's going to be he's basically like Sharon 2.0 kind of in a way where he's start out at tight ends. He's going to be the the team's offensive line coach. And I think he's going to do an outstanding job. I think he's, uh, you know, he was someone back when Jim had his courtship with the Minnesota Vikings. He was someone that we had heard he was interested in taking with him back then. So he is one of the young stars in the profession. I think he's only, what, 27 or 28 at this point, Clayton. Um, Yeah, I mean, pretty impressive his road, not just, you know, as a player and where things went for him after that, but to work his way into essentially being Sharon Moore's right-hand man now. Um, Good on him. And, yeah, Yeah. he is is sticking around. Pending official announcement, but he is – he is 100% sticking around and will coach the offensive line.
1: Yeah, I think he could have gone to L.A. if he wanted to, and I think that's big for Sharon Moore to, to keep him. Um, he's 26 years old. He is absolutely a rising star, and you're right. He, he's not just kind of Sharon's right-hand man now or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, protege, or Sharon would be the, uh, yeah, protege. He was, you know, Sharon's, you know, Sharon mentored him when he was a GA, and Sharon was a tight ends coach. Grant Newsom was in on a lot of recruitments when he was the GA as well. When guys were coming to campus, and you know he can't couldn't go on the road, um, you know full time, but he could host guys, and he you know turned into this ace recruiter, kind of similar to how Sharon Moore did uh, early on when he came to Michigan from CMU. So yeah, he is very much cut from the same cloth. I mean Jim Harbaugh raved about him this past year about his ability to diagnose defenses from the press box. He said, like, you know, in in a flash, he he sees what the personnel is, what the front is, what the coverage is, you know, what the different reads are going to be. So that's going to be huge. And this is similar, too. So, like, when you have – when Jim Harbaugh would hire a quarterbacks coach, and I know before 2021 he was actually going to coach him himself, and then they ended up bringing in Matt Weiss. But when Jim Harbaugh would hire a quarterbacks coach, you didn't worry – too much about who that guy was. I know you want to make the best hire possible, but you understand that Jim Harbaugh is going to be heavily involved with the quarterbacks as well. I'm not going to be all that worried about offensive line as long as Sharon Moore is at Michigan because he's going to have his hands in there and, and be in that room quite a bit. Naturally, and don't want to do that. I, John Jansen asked him over the weekend on the in, in the trenches podcast if it's going to pain him a little bit to see somebody else coaching that room. And he said, Yeah, maybe a little bit, but you know, I understand I can't spend all that time doing that when you're the head of the program, which is obviously true. It would be quite remarkable if he continued to, to coach the O-line, which is not really possible in this day and age or in many day and ages, uh, days and ages. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, I think it was a good move. And I think that Sharon Moore being an offensive line coach himself as the head coach is going to really help Grant Newsom out as he makes his transition. And Grant was an O-lineman too. I mean, a great one uh, when he was healthy. So uh, he knows the position in and out. Uh, Jeff Dresser says, "Nice dog tail in the
0: back. Yeah, that's actually me when my tail wagging when we get good questions." Um, no, I have a dog that has serious FOMO and and needs to be constantly paid attention to. Special so thank guest you for that special guest. That's the the Wolverine Stats and Information Department over here. Um, let's take this one from Thomas, who says Michigan needs a QB. Do we know if Jack Tuttle got an extra year? We need him badly and wide receivers badly. I don't think there's been a, I don't know that that's been a case that's been heard yet. Uh, and I do wonder, um, again, uh, there was talk of him sticking around regardless. So I do wonder what his future looks like, but we have not heard anything on that yet. Yep. Agree with that. Uh, Let's see. Very active comment section tonight.
1: So tough to... go to this one from jeff again sorry oh go ahead no i just overwrote. i just want to throw that on this yeah slush fun like a slushie yeah absolutely that's exactly what i meant sorry you got to reselect yours yep
0: that's okay uh jeff dresser said dc and tight end coaches can move us way up or way down in rankings where are we on a qb coach I i would assume this is me assuming i don't have any intel on this." I think I would think that Kirk, if he's the offensive coordinator, would probably still coach the quarterbacks, right?
1: Yeah, I think it it depends. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it depends on if he gets the OC job officially. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you do kind of, especially on the offensive side of the ball, with the way Michigan has set things up lately. When you do go with a safeties coach and a corners coach, or you know, Clink, and then a safeties coach the way you set it up is your offensive coordinator is going to have to have a position. They've had that traditionally over the years under Harbaugh, you know, Sharon obviously coached the offensive line, but you had Josh Gaddis as wide receivers. I think he might've coached quarterbacks uh, for maybe part of that uh, as well. Um, and Harbaugh obviously being involved, involved there too. So yeah, I, I would think that he could easily retain that, that title if he's you know promoted. Um, the, yeah, tight ends coaches. I, I don't understand what we're talking about with the the rankings. Yeah, I don't know if, if that's
0: way too early rankings or whatever it is. Uh, I will say this too: um, assuming things stay intact, you know, this is going to be a program that maintains the identity of wanting to own the line of scrimmage and run the football to set everything else up. And and when you look at next year's team. I think they're pretty well set up to do that. Now, again, you have to find a quarterback. Maybe he's in the building already. Maybe he isn't. We don't know that yet. Um, A lot of work to do in that regard, but you can't even start working on that until you have a staff in place and those types of things. So uh, we'll have clarity on that soon enough. Um, We don't even know. Again, we know that spring football won't be starting on Valentine's Day. Uh, We know they love football, but they won't be starting it then. A little bit of a later start to that this year. And also I saw someone in the comments asking why can we hire Tom Brady as quarterbacks coach? Tom Brady is going to make like $50 million from Fox. What is it next year? Yeah, but this is Michigan. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll just have, I mean, this is always the, uh, like the, the fantasies like, Oh, Tom Brady comes back and coaches the quarterbacks and then Charles, Charles Woodson coaching the corners. And then, um Mike Hart comes back and coaches the running. Oh, wait, that one actually came true. Um, but he's a coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just looking through uh West Coast FL says Sharon, born on third base. Well, not we address air- this, yeah. Let's talk about this right
1: now because well, well let's read it for people listening. I guess sorry to interrupt you. Sharon yeah, born yeah. on third. Uh, well, Sharon not after Bor- air ball took all the guys that made Michigan Michigan from West Coast. FL. So the West coast of Florida, thank you for chiming in. We're coast to coast here on the Wolverine live, but yeah, the key part of Harbaugh's quote, when he said some people that are standing on third base think they hit a triple, but they didn't was the, the think they hit a triple, but they didn't, there's nothing wrong with inheriting a fantastic program. There was nothing wrong with Ryan day doing that. There was nothing wrong with Jawan Howard doing that. There's certainly nothing wrong with Sharon Moore doing that including him being part of how Michigan won the national title and was great over the years. It's the think they hit a triple and they didn't. And by no means does it appear that Sharon Moore is in that same category. He has been extremely humble. Uh, you know, One of the most humble guys on the coaching staff that we've gotten a chance to interact with. So, yeah, I think people completely see You know, that they don't understand that quote at all. I do understand that West Coast FL here is getting at something different where he's saying – that we're not even starting on third base anymore if you're Michigan. Um, you know, look, this is going to be a challenge. When you're a first-time head coach, like you said, I mean, changes, there's always going to be bumps in the road when, when it comes to that. And this is kind of the situation that they're in. And, I, look, I, I know people are freaking out. I just think that part of that is because they expected things to just remain exactly the same just because, or because they hired a guy that was here under Jim Harbaugh already. That's just not the way things were going to go. So I think maybe people should just kind of adjust things a little bit. When you go from perhaps the greatest coach in the sport to anybody less than that, you're going to take a step back. When you go from John Beeline to anybody, let alone Jawan Howard, you're going to take a step back. It's just the way it goes, but you can you know, improve, build it back up a different way and still have a lot of success.
0: Yeah, and Michigan's dealing with uh, literally, this is not hyperbole. Like, it's a historic situation where you win a national title and you have a new head coach the next year. Hasn't happened since uh, Tom Osborne's retirement gift in 1997. And, you know, I don't they, really they count have, that, though. But. I know. I'm just, history does, though. Um, I know. <laughs> Frank Solich comes in and he goes 58 and 19. So, again, it's, it's just one of those things where. You just got to have, you kind of have to see what happens. Um, how was
1: their NIL back then?
0: <laughs> uh, I think they were paying guys in corn. I think that's how that worked. Um, which corn is something I've learned about the 36 hours I was in the state of Nebraska this year. Corn is basically currency down there. Like that's, it goes a lot farther than the dollar does this day or these days. Let me tell you that. America um, needs farmers. Yep. That's right. Um uh, all right, Clay. Uh, I think this is a good place to stop. Um, Mike G says, Brumer and Clayton are leaders and best. We are, and we we don't purport to be, but tonight we will. Um, he also he says, who's to- got it better than us? Nobody. Hey, listen, man, uh, I wouldn't trade any of this for the world. Uh, it's been, it was an incredible year. Uh, you know, it's been an incredible few years and, change in 10 years or it's scary to fans it's scary you know you don't know what to expect but it is exciting uh because you get to watch a new cast of characters try and put their stamp on the program so we'll see what happens um everyone thank you so much for your time here on a monday night i know things are a bit frenetic right now um just take a deep remember remember to do your, your breathing exercises so be sure to like and subscribe, uh, be sure to hit that, uh, hit hit the description below for that promo code, two months of access to the Wolverine for our YouTube viewers for $1 using that promo code UM1. And then of course, obviously uh, the commemorative edition of the national uh, championship or the talk about frenetic. I can't even get my words right. The national championship edition of the Wolverine magazine uh, will be available sometime next month get your pre-orders in now Uh, the the info for all that is in the description below so for clayton safety i'm anthony broom uh thank you all you guys for watching and we'll talk to you again soon it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper